Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Connie Myers Author Podcast. Today is February 24th, 2019, and I am your host, Connie Myers. In this episode, I talk about my website and I read chapter one of Ring. So stay tuned. All right. And here we go again. (laughs) How many times am I going to have to record this? It's like my recordings are getting shorter because I don't do as much spontaneous stuff. But okay, so let's go ahead and take a look here at my website. And if you look here, we're on the main page. And the only new post I have in here is a journal entry called Losing My Mind. And I am going to read that to you. It explains a little bit about why I am starting another website. (laughs) So going to another server or web host. So one in one is goodbye. Dream host is the new one. I am officially losing my mind and I'm saying that. One in one has terrible customer service and has double charged me, not to mention the fact that the amount is double what it should have been. I've tried addressing this issue with them all week and all I get is the runaround. They still suck the money out of my bank account. So I canceled everything on one in one, my contracts, SSL, and whatever else I could cancel. And I want a refund and I want it now. Sorry for the rant, but this whole thing is ridiculous. So now I've moved over to another server and I'm in the process of rebuilding the website. There, I feel a little better. All right. So there, that's that. So that's why if you come to my website, you'll see another design. I'm using the WordPress's 2019 theme. And if you've ever used it, it's when you first open it, it's very generic. It's, there's like little little styling at all to it. So you have to do most of the work when it comes to how the website looks. But I thought it's the latest WordPress theme, so it'll be updated as, as needed as it should be. All right, so here on the first page, I have, I'm using blocks. And these posts are set up with atomic blocks and it's their atomic blocks posts block, if that makes any sense. So anyway, so here's all my blog entries. I think I have the home page set up for 10. The only problem I see is there is no pagination and I can't figure out a way to add that in there. I've downloaded another plugin to address that and it doesn't work or I thought would address it. So instead, if you need something specific, I added a categories drop-down that you can look at. The footer also took some designing. It helps if you know some CSS, if you're gonna use the 2019 thing, because there definitely is gonna be things you need to style. And speaking of that, that's where this comes in handy. I can't remember if I showed you last week This is the Firefox theme, and I'm using the Firefox Web Developer Edition. And if you go into the Style Editor, which is what I'm going to do right now, this will help you style because you don't, or, you know, it's impossible to know the names 
of the styles that they're using. So one easy way to do it, as soon as this finishes loading, is clicking this and then like say I wanted to style this heading different. I would click on that and then I can see that they call that the widget title. So if you come over here and if you want to edit it, you edit the site footer class widget title and class. Right now I have the font size is 1.5 and when that's off it's bigger but I wanted it smaller. And then you just go into the themes customization, edit CSS, and then you put, you can just copy this whole rule right here. You know, just right click on it and copy the rule and put it in the edit CSS. And then you can change the font size, the higher the number, of course, the bigger the, the font size. So that's just an example of that. All right, then, We'll go on to the next one, books. Here's another thing. I'm not sure what I want to do. And it's a little slow. I need a new computer and maybe some faster internet. But I have the books broken up into the white knuckle books and the orc cloud books. And I have them in a block, a gallery block. And right now I have them, when you click on them, instead of going like how I normally do it, going to my site's book page, I have it set up to go to the Universal Book link because I thought it would cut down on an extra step, which it will once you pick out, you know, your favorite bookstore. Then you won't see this screen anymore. So once you pick your favorite bookstore, I think I went over this last week, it'll go right to that book page and then you can read about the book right at the store rather than reading it on my website and then clicking to go to the store. You might as well just go to the store right away. It's just the first time you do it, you got to click the screen and get to your favorite store and then, like I said, it should be fine after that and this will all be avoided. So yeah, I don't know how to make this any faster. I don't know if it's like this on other people's computers. And then here's the other gallery set up. And then at the very bottom, I instead of having a drop down, I wanted it all, you know, to be scrolled through where you can look at different collections if you want short stories or series or spooky shorts or book bundles set up in different genres and then everything in here is the the books are listed here and what I'm going to do I'm going to come down here because one thing I'm going to do after the break open that because I'm going to want to go there anyway is read you chapter one of ring but we'll do that after the break um, the next tab up here is the blog, and the blog is basically like the front page, except I have it set up to show, I think, I think I have it set for 25, um, posts. And of course, without the pagination on this, I just, like the front page, I added a category drop-down 
maybe get to things a little faster. And then there's the podcast page. And when we come in here, I'll open up the last podcast and show you where, <clears throat> excuse me, that anchor has everything sent to right now. I did have my own blog myself on Apple and on Google, but I'm just letting Anchor do it all. And so right now, YouTube, the video is on YouTube as well as my website, but you can also listen on Anchor, Apple, Breaker, Google, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And when you watch the video, the ad's not in the video, so there's no money to be made from Anchor when you just do the video. But the ad is in the audio. And then I'm going to move on to newsletter. Now i got to retest the newsletter. I think it's working, at least the little superficial testing I did on it, because when I moved everything over, I had exported and then imported, and it didn't import my pictures, but it did import my pages. My computer is a little slow. I think I'm stressing it out here. Um, so anyway, so if you wanted to subscribe to the weekly newsletter, there it is. And I'm not sure how the weekly newsletter is going to look for this coming week. I did, well, well, no, I don't think I have that plugin installed on this website. Because it, was, it wasn't showing images, so I installed a plugin that would pull the image off the, the feed. I don't think I have that installed, so it might just be plain text, but that's okay. Next is contact. And here, because of the, I have two domains that I bought on one and one, and then two external domains that I had pointing to one and one. So now I'm getting everything moved back over to DreamHost, and there's like a, I'm like in a kind of a limo area, limbo area. As you can see, this is working up here, ConnieMeyers.com. So the website's working, but my emails aren't working. So the contact form, to my understanding, won't work if you just use a regular email like this, ConnieMyers at gmail.com. That's the one you'd use right now if you need to contact me. But it should work once I get my emails back, once all my domains are settled in. So it should work with Connie at ConnieMyers.com or admin at ConnieMyers.com. Those are the two emails I set up. But right now, those are not working, so my contact form will not work. So I didn't stick it in here, so somebody didn't want somebody filling it out thinking I would be contacting them, and then I never got the message. And, of course, the About page is just about nothing new here if you've already looked at the About page. Just a little bit about Feather and Fermion Publishing and a little about me, and that is that. So right now... Do not go any place. There's that ad for you to listen to, the anchor ad. And then we'll come back and we will, I will read to you chapter one of Ring. So don't go anywhere.
Hey, welcome back. All right, here we are. I'm over on the ring store page or book page. And don't forget, you can pre-order it for half price, $1.99. And like I said before, all my books are gonna be priced higher from this one on out, but I will run discounts throughout, as, you know, periodically on different books. Uh, right now, I have it as being available May 19th, but I might make it available a little sooner depending on when it's finished. I just wanted to make sure I gave myself enough time to get the book finalized. So let's read what the book is about, and then I'll read you chapter one. Will bookstore owner Cassie Fields marry her longtime love and have children before her biological clock runs out? Or will the mysterious man in the found ring drive her to madness, causing her to lose everything she's ever wanted? Cassie co-owns CNN Book Nest with her best friend Nicole in Blackwater, Michigan. Life isn't all Cassie hoped it could be and decides her longtime boyfriend Derek is the man she should marry, even though he hasn't, wasn't everything that she thought she wanted in a husband but she desperately wanted to be a wife and a mother. Then an intriguing man enters the shop and Cassie reconsiders her options. Maybe Gustav was the right man for her. Fate stepped in just in time. Vampires, obsession, and a series of haunting events plague Cassie and influence her life decisions. Can she break the hypnotizing pull of the mysterious stranger, Gustav Vale? All right, so we'll come down here. It'll be both ebook and paperback. Regular price is going to be $3.99. Once it comes off pre-order, um, pre I will keep it at the $1.99 simply because it's not on, you can't get the pre-order on Amazon right now since I'm going through draft to digital. So I'll let it linger for a couple days. So just kind of stay tuned and I'll let you know what's going on with that. And of course, I showed you my main characters last time. Cassie Fields is the main character. Gustav Vale is the vampire. Here's Nicole, best friend. And of course, poor Derek, the boyfriend. And the gypsy lady, Kriska, that she meets later in the story. So right now, I'm going to read to you chapter one. It's a first draft. There are like some little things in here that I got to fix like a comma at the end of a sentence instead of a period and maybe a couple things I want reversed and a couple words changed here and there. <clears throat> but I'm just going to read to you just so you can get a feel for what the book is going to be about. <clears throat> I apologize for my voice. I don't think I could ever be a narrator, but I'm going to go ahead and read this chapter one of Ring. I love you, Cassie Fields. Derek Garner said as he pulled in front of CNN Book Nest. He stopped at the curb in front of the red brick building. Flower planters of purple and red petunias adorned each side of the entrance door, and large picture windows displayed an assortment of old books and antique writing tools behind the glass. With a warm smile, he turned to Cassie seated next to him and planted a soft kiss on her warm lips. Cassie smelled the early morning coffee on his breath and endured the prickle of his growth, growing rough beard. In a rather unemotional tone, she replied, I love you too. 
I'll take you out to eat at Aubrey's when I pick you up after work, Derek said, acting a little too excited for a simple dinner date, something they did a lot, but not at Aubrey's, a high-class restaurant. Aubrey's is expensive, was the occasion. Cassie could tell he had something special planned by the way he was wiggling in the driver's seat. Derek shrugged as he took her left hand, giving the smooth skin a gentle stroke along her fingers. I have something important I want to talk to you about. Something important? What was he going to do, propose to her? They'd been dating a few years, so it was time he popped the question, but Cassie wasn't sure she wanted to accept the offer. Sure, he was kind and caring and would do anything for her, and not to mention the fact that she was nearing the end of her childbearing years and she so desperately wanted children, but she wasn't sure Derek was the man she wanted to spend the rest of her life with. In the back of her mind, she thought there was someone better out there, someone more attractive, more cultured, basically not so common. Of course, Derek would be a good father, but the passion, the passion wasn't as strong as she dreamed it should be. Shouldn't a woman be passionately in love with her husband, happily slaving away in a hot kitchen, preparing his favorite meals, then off to the bedroom or someplace else to make intense sexual love? Isn't that what marriage was all about? Or was procreating the main point, filling a house with offspring, cooing babies, and children running around? Cassie wanted both, and Derek was lacking in the first one. No, strike that. It wasn't that Derek was lacking. It was Cassie thought it could be better, more exciting. That was the problem. Well, I'd better be getting inside. Cassie slid her hand from his loose hold and opened the pickup door. The hinges squealed from age and their need to be oiled. She couldn't look him in the eyes for very long because if he was going to propose, she just might say no. See you tonight, Derek's face almost glowed. If he was going to ask her to marry him, he certainly expected her to say yes. Yeah, see you tonight. Cassie waved as she watched the rusty old Ford drive away, leaving a puff of exhaust fumes to linger in the air. She held her breath and walked inside the shop, the door's bell jingled, signaling her arrival. Nicole Kent looked up from the paperwork she was studying at the front counter. Hey, partner, how are you today? I'm fine. Cassie walked up to her and sat her purse on the countertop beside invoices and receipts. She and Nicole co-owned CNN Book Nest. They saw a need for an independent bookstore in the Blackwater, Michigan, one that specialized in rare and antique books, so they decided to open one themselves. With Blackwater's colorful history as a port on Lake Michigan, it had seen ships of all kinds dock at its shore, shiploads of lumber, Christmas trees, and sightseeing passengers have kept the town thriving and diverse. A famous author of science fiction would spend summers writing at a cottage on the sandy beach. An architect spent time designing extravagant mansions for wealthy lumber barons. Even a railroad now barely functioning would haul cargo to Chicago and Detroit, keeping the flow of money going strong. Nicole frowned. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. Cassie tapped her fingers on the brown granite countertop while she looked at the papers, pretending to be concerned with Nicole's bookkeeping task. Spill the beans, Cassie. I know something's wrong. Is it Derek? Cassie sighed. I don't know. He's going to take me out to a special dinner tonight after work. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. 
What are you worried about? Was he acting like he was going to break it off? Cassie looked up. No, quite the contrary. I wouldn't be surprised if he asked me to marry him. That's great. Nicole ran around the counter and hugged Cassie. Then she released her grip and gave Cassie a confused look. No, don't tell me you don't want to marry him. Derek is a great catch. I can't think of a better man for you. He's smart, caring, and goes to work every day. Something that can't be said of every guy around town. Nicole paused and added, You're just having the pre-wedding jitters. Cassie looked away, not wanting to talk about it. Did Professor Brunswick confirm whether he wants to find wants us to find him gems from Longfellow yet? Nicole walked back behind the counter. He has. He wants it for the class he's teaching at Blackwater College next semester. Luckily, I've found a place in Tuckett. He's not in a hurry for it, so I'll drive up there tomorrow morning. Cassie looked as she picked up her purse from the counter and walked to the adjacent office. Let's see, let me repeat that. Cassie nodded as she picked up her purse from the counter and walked to the adjacent office. She put her purse in a desk drawer and sat down on the black leather chair. In front of her next to the pencil cup was a framed selfie picture of her and Derek laughing as they each held up colorful stones that they had found along the Lake Michigan beach. The sun sparkled on the waves of the water in the background, and even though it sounded corny, there was a sparkle in both their eyes, a sparkle of love. What happened to us, to me, she whispered. I do love you, Derek, with all my heart and soul. So why am I so unsure about all this? The door to the bookstore jingled. She recognized the voices of Marie and Samantha, Nicole's daughter and granddaughter, they would stop by frequently on their way to preschool. Sometimes they'd give Nicole a picture that Samantha had drawn or a few cookies that they had made the day before. Cassie walked out of the office to greet the happy family. Samantha squealed with joy as Cassie knelt and gave the exuberant child a bear hug. Cassie's heart swelled with happiness and quickly deflated when she caught a whiff of strawberry shampoo. Oh, how she wanted a child, and by the way things were going, there was a possibility that wasn't going to happen. Cassie would die an old maid, bitter and sad over decisions made. Cassie released her grip as she looked up at the plate of cookies in Marie's hand. She kissed Samantha on the forehead. Hey, beautiful, what kind of cookies did you and your mom bring today? She stood up and looked at cookies layered neatly underneath plastic wrap. Chocolate chips, Samantha said in a serious tone. We used Grandma's recipe because she makes the best cookies and they have lots of chocolate and they are the bestest cookies in all the world. Samantha looked up at her mom. May I have a cookie, please? You've already had a bunch, silly, Marie said, looking down at the bouncing child. I suppose, but only one. Marie slipped one out from underneath the transparent wrap and then handed the plate to Cassie. I'll heat up water and we can have tea and cookies, Nicole said, walking over to a side table where they kept an electric tea kettle. Both Nicole and Cassie believed in making the bookshop into a homey and comfortable place space for whoever might venture inside, whether they bought anything or not. Of course, the whole point was to make a sale, but they did appreciate the fellowship they were developing with the residents of Blackwater. Don't heat it up for me, Marie said. Sam and I are already late for preschool. Nicole stopped filling the teapot from the freestanding water dispenser and sat it back on the tabletop. 
She walked over and gave Samantha a hug. Thank you for the cookies and have a great day at school. You're welcome, and I will. I love you, Grandma. Cassie's heart sank once more as she waved goodbye to the departing mother and daughter. Nicole was a grandmother, and yet she herself hadn't even managed to bear a child. She was getting old, and time was running out. If Derek was planning to propose, she would say yes. There was no other logical answer to the question. It was decided. She would accept Derek's proposal. When Nicole took her bookkeeping, while Nicole took her bookkeeping chore into the office, Cassie began dusting the shelves. She loved the smell of aging cloth and paper, even the sound of covers sliding against each other as she removed them from their shelves bore witness to their fragility. It always felt as though they had stepped back in time to an age where all books were solid objects and not elect electronic bits in a machine. The most precious of their books, such as the first edition of Uncle Remus and his friends, coming in at close to $5,000, were stored away in the office safe. But the ones on the shelves, even though aged, were there more for enjoyment and atmosphere than anything else. The door's bell jingled. Cassie turned to see a man who had an air of royalty, even though he didn't dress the part. The way he carried himself overshadowed his black goth clothes and well-groomed dark hair. Hi, I'm Cassie. May I help you? Cassie said, turning toward him. Okay, so I'm going to have to fix that because I think she was already turning toward him. All right. The man smiled and walked toward Cassie, stopping rather close to her. If she wasn't so intrigued by this man's demeanor, she would have felt like her personal space was being invaded, but she had no problem letting him encroach. He was trim and nice to look at, with no rolls of fat like Derek. Tattoos showed past his black leather jacket and painted his wrists and hands, but it was the rings he wore on every finger that most caught her attention. She caught herself staring at the sculpted silver rings embedded with stones. She quickly looked up at his warm eyes. With an unrecognizable accent, possibly French, he said, Yes, mademoiselle, I am looking for a pamphlet called An Impartial Account of the Trial of Lord Conwallis. It's about a murder in 1679. The man looked amusingly toward the floor, then back at Cassie. Would you happen to have it in your store, or would you be able to find it for me? Cassie felt a magnetic draw toward him. Was it animal magnetism? She couldn't describe why she was so drawn to the stranger, <clears throat> but she wanted to reach out and touch him. She'd never known this attraction before, not even toward Derek. The man didn't have coffee breath like Derek, and the slight growth of beard on his face was a contrast to Derek's uneven, bristly whiskers. His scent was unusual, maybe a type of musk, an expensive blend, not like Derek's grocery store brand. Uh, yes, I mean, no, we don't have that manuscript here, but I'm sure that I can get it for you. We are associated with other antiquarian booksellers. I'll check the database. Carrie felt, Cassie felt like she was going to faint. The man reached out and touched her arm. Are you all right? You look like you were going to fall. No, Cassie was not all right. His touch was gentle, and she had to pull herself away from him before she said or did something she would certainly regret. Cassie cleared her throat and looked away. Yes, I'm fine. Sorry. 
Quite all right, he said, escorting Cassie to the counter. Cassie used the counter for balance and walked around it to the laptop computer sitting to the side. She blinked hard, trying to refocus her eyes as she typed. I found it. An impartial account of the trial of Lord Conwallis is available, and I can get it for you. I'll have to check with the other bookseller, but the cost will probably be three to five hundred dollars. The man nodded. That is acceptable. He reached into an inside pocket of his jacket and pulled out a folded bundle of money and proceeded to count out five $100 bills. He held them out for Cassie to take. Here, mademoiselle. Thank you, Cassie said, taking the money from his hand. I just need to get some contact information from you. Cassie noticed Nicole watching from the office as she took a notepad and pen from under the counter. What is your name? Gustav Vale, an unusual name to suit the unusual accent. Can you spell that, please? Gustav spelled it out along with his phone number. The pen in Cassie's hand began to wobble, just like her knees. She turned the notepad toward the man. Gustav, would you mind writing down your address? Not at all. She couldn't take her eyes off his rings and the tattoos as he wrote with a flourish. The words were written with a fancy script, like the kind written in several manuscripts they kept in the shop. Then, to her surprise, he slid off one of the decorative rings, the one that was a silver skull with dark eyes and a row of teeth. I noticed you have an interest in my rings, Gustav said, holding it up for Cassie to see. Please don't be afraid. You may inspect it if you like. Cassie reluctantly took the silver ring from his hand. She wasn't sure what to do with it because his rings were none of her business. She quickly handed it back. I'm sorry, I don't mean to intrude on your personal belongings. Gustav took the ring. His fingers slid gently along hers, almost like how Derek had touched her hand earlier. An electric charge surged through her before his touch was gone. It was not a shock, but rather an almost purposeful charge. Mademoiselle, if you don't mind, I would like the book delivered to my address. I am busy and don't plan to travel back to your town back to your town of Blackwater. That's not a problem, Cassie said as Nicole walked out of the office. I'll give you a call and let you know the expected delivery date. Nicole extended a hand. Hi, I'm Nicole, Cassie's partner in crime. Cassie couldn't help but notice that Gustav's smile faded when he looked at Nicole. He momentarily held her hand and then looked back at Cassie. I will see you soon. Cassie and Nicole watched as the man walked out the door. Cassie rushed to the window to see what kind of car he drove, but instead, getting, but instead of getting inside a vehicle, he walked down the sidewalk until he was out of sight, mingling in with a crowd of sightseers. That was strange, Nicole said, looking at the notepad. She looked up at Cassie, who was walking back to the desk. No, don't tell me you're infatuated with that weird guy. Maybe. Cassie smiled as she walked back behind the counter. She turned the notepad to inspect the man's contact information. Well, I think Ringman is someone you need to stay away from. He seems so pompous. Cassie shook her head and looked back down at the address. He lives up by Anistine, that's in driving distance. Don't get any ideas, Nicole said as the telephone rang. She reached for the receiver. CNN Book Nest, how may I help you? While Nicole spoke on the phone, Cassie noticed the skull ring sitting on the countertop next to a stack of books. Gustav must have sat it there and forgotten about it while they were talking. 
She picked it up. It was cold in her hand. She closed her hand around it when Nicole asked her a question. Cassie, what was the name of the book Ring Man wanted? Gustav wants a pamphlet called An Impartial Account of the Trial of Lord Conwallis. You mean Cornwallis? No, he said Conwallis. No R. Cassie opened her fist and looked at the ring again. It was making the palm of her hand itch. Nicole hung up the phone. Tuck it and Ticore has it. I'll pick it up along with Professor Brunswick's book tomorrow. I'll pick them up. You're busy with the quarterly taxes. Nicole gasped when she saw the ring in Cassie's hand. How'd you get that? Did Ring Man give it to you? No, he accidentally left it on the counter. He was showing it to me. You're thinking of returning it to him personally, aren't you? That's a bad idea. A guy doesn't just leave a ring lying around. Cassie shrugged. I don't see what the big deal is. I'll take him both the ring and the pamphlet. He did say he wanted it delivered. We'll mail them both to him. It's a bad idea to hand deliver them to some strange guy's doorstep. You never know what he could do, Nicole said firmly. I'm calling him. Cassie slid the ring into her pants pocket. Nicole dialed the man's phone number. She stood there a moment. An automated message said that it was now a working phone number. She dialed it again with the same result. She shook her head. We'll send a letter to his address letting him know we have his things and he can either come to pick them up or have us mail them to him. Did I see him pay you? I might change that mail to like FedEx or UPS or something. Not sure. And let's see, Nicole then asked, did I see him pay you? Yeah, he paid 500, Cassie said, fiddling with the ring in her pocket. I'll take both the book and the ring to the customer tomorrow. He's already paid for it. Besides, who knows how much this ring is worth? It could be invaluable and not covered by insurance. And then I should add if it was to get lost or something maybe in there. Anyway, he'll probably come back for it, Nicole said, holding out a hand, expecting Cassie to deposit the ring onto her palm. We'll lock it in the safe in the meantime. I'll just take it to him. I'm going to be in the area anyway. If the address is wrong, I'll bring both the ring and the book back here and put them in the safe. Nicole opened the cash register and looked at the five well-worn Benjamins. Take Derek with you. I'll feel better. He has to work. But don't worry, I have my cell phone. The ring almost slipped onto Cassie's finger as she played with it. So it's settled. Tomorrow I'll drive to Tucket and then to Anistine. It should be a nice ride. I've got a bad feeling about Ring Man, Nicole said, closing the register drawer. I don't. I think Gustav is rather intriguing. Okay, so there you have it, a rather imperfect chapter one, but at least it's on here and you have an idea for the book. And I think that's all I wanted to talk to you about. Hopefully I can put out another podcast next time. So, thank you for listening to my podcast. Don't forget to join me next time when I talk about the latest book news. Until then, you can visit my website, ConnieMyers.com, and Myers is spelled M-Y-R-E-S. There you will find the show notes 
a place to leave comments or questions, my newsletter sign-up form, and everything about me and what I've been up to. This was episode 17 of the Connie Myers Author Podcast. Goodbye for now.